Welcome, welcome, welcome oh. to your Blackest Hour. Blackest Hour on the net. I'm your co-host, Mr. Brown. I'm KT. <laughs> With such a delay. <laughs> Like you wasn't ready. Like, I'm not ready. I Eat, you know, I ordered my little foot long, 
know, to drink, I'm eating. So I'm walking out of the uh, out of the apartment. I'm kind of like I'm 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 I'm, I'm leisurely walking back to my car, mm-hmm. but I kind of stop because I see this dude outside of the barber shop. He's talking on the phone and he's actually diving someone out to the cops. Oh, I'm like, yo, I can never go to that. that. Wait, 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 wait. I, what you mean? Like, on like, everything. Like, like he, I, what I'm hearing him saying, what I'm hearing him saying is, he's in the shop right now. I know he has one. Come get him. Like, come get him now. That dude. And I was so like, cool. this is, like, I, I've been reading to tell you about this, and I was like, man, I couldn't ever go to that barbershop. Just off the fact, what they thought I looked like somebody. Oh, man. But he is literally calling the cops. And you know the cops are right down there. At least they around. They right down there at the Seven Eleven. Mm-hmm. And so they roll up on the Seven, like they roll up on the barbershop. And I'm like, man, let me get out of here, man. But like, what world do we live in? Yo, or this is or this is happening. And inacceptable behavior. Yeah, the only thing I can think of. Old buddy must have did something to this old lady. And he was like, he was like, not today. Oh, oh, you think you're gonna get your head cut? <laughs> like it's cool. I got one ahead of you, bro. I got one ahead of you. Sit tight. I got one ahead of you. You, you gonna be good? You gonna be good? And I was like, dang, man, like that's real. Like, was it a reward? So it was like I, I was trying to like watch the news afterwards to see what went down. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it was that deep. I don't think it was no reward when you down somebody out that openly. Right, you, really, you really didn't like old boys. They, they do this at all the barbershops? They just go from barbershop to barbershop. You know how many criminals you might get. Catch at the barbershop. Everybody in the haircut. This dude is really on the phone snitching. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, shook, I just shook my head, and I was just like, like, man, that really happened. Somebody. Goes to the post office on a regular basis. See the most wanted posters for that area. See how much reward. And he just goes from barbershop from barbershop. That's how he's been paying his rent for years. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's a crazy conspiracy theory. What if some guy is out there literally paying his rent and his bills off of simply snitching in his community? He keeps his community safe, in his opinion. And... He pays his bill. I know. I, <laughs> legit, that's what's going on. I'm like, yo, man, like, I don't, man, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> the game, the game's a change for games. Man, <laughs> like, it's just a whole new ball game out here, man. I was yeah, like, wow, this dude really out here, I like, go. yo, like, yeah, I'm going. People, I know. Like, like, he's just out here snitching. <laughs> like, guys, like, I mean, I hope that this, I hope he was snitching for a reason. Like, maybe this dude had killed somebody or something like that. Um, hey, he's a minister of society. He got right, but, but, but it things. was just weird to me because I'm like, man, I've never seen that happen before in my entire life. Uh, seems like something string bell was doing season three. What is she? For those who didn't catch that wire reference, watch the goddamn wire. You're missing out on the fine quality television. Man. <laughs> but uh, it was, I was like, man, that's, like, that's an elite level. <laughs> like, that's elite level snitching on, like, a, on a level that yeah, I got, ain't you even. Got, you got to go to school for that. Like, you can't just come out with the womb like that. Well, my mind isn't as elaborate 
At least I don't think. Um, this is those rare moments when you realize one of the people in your like you're close to is secretly hood or ratchet, and you just didn't know. It's okay having hood and ratchet friends, but secret hood ratchet friends kind of throw you for a loop every once again. Like we we. You're not about to say me, huh? Nah, 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 nah. nah. <laughs> so I'm at I'm at I'm at a bar. Chilling, favorite, our favorite warden hole. We're hanging with one of our homegirls, whatnot. And another young lady wants to like slide through to get uh, a drink. And I'm like, no, she's kind of close up on me. And I'm like, all right, she just wanted to try to get a drink. Let me move out the way. And she was like, nah, D, don't move. You can't get in here. And the girl, the girl was taking it back. The young lady was like, what you mean? I can't get by. Are we talking and, about the same person? I think we talked about. Yeah, I think we talked about the same person. And, and I, I was like, and she was like, nah, we pull over here. And I, I, was I, was like, like, I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> and I was like, yo, whoa, we're not really that full in my head, but just don't feel like my kind of conversation be joining in because I'm actually very non-confrontational. And she's like, nah, it's not. I just want to get a drink and whatever. It's like, you could get a drink over there. <laughs> and she was like, nah, you're just not going to be putting your finger in my face today. That's cool. What you going to do about it, bitch? I'm like, holy moly. Yeah, why, why, why you escalated? It escalated so fast. Like, literally, we were, like, giggling and ha, 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 and whatever. And I was like, yo, you're a crazy person who's picking fights with people. And I ain't no light-skinned people got down like that. That's all my mom was thinking. And I'm literally standing there as this escalates bigger and bigger with my hand over my mouth like, oh, shit. It's just about to go to a point where I'm in the middle of it. Literally, I'm in the middle. And I, I, I was just surprised and shocked. Surprised and shocked. And this, is the, this wasn't the first time I've been surprised and shocked by secret ratchetness or hood stuff. In my vicinity, I like. I just want you to let me know your personality. That's all. That's all I want to know. Yeah, I, I get you. <laughs> is is no, that too I, much? I, I, I ain't nothing ever. Like nothing ever. Nothing surprise you anymore? Me anymore? Anymore? Because yeah. you know, like people have their breaking points. where like, okay, like I'm just not. Like this is it. <laughs> like this is it, and that's all. Like this is all I can. It's all I can take. I can. I can stand. Man, remind me this time, and this will be a quick story. I was telling one of my homies, he's like an R&B singer. He's like five foot eight. He work out all the time. But, you know, he, he's a crooner. Like, that was the thing. I knew he liked the chick when he started singing. Because he, he either singing on that mic or he's singing to some chick. And that's when I knew he liked her. And this is like the first so time. So bust out in the song like yeah. I like you. <laughs> It'd be real smooth. You just start humming something like, "Ooh, that making sweet melodious noise back there," and like, "Oh, he's trying to pull her back." So we had never really like, hung out. We had just doing like music together. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even be. I couldn't even be cool with that dude. Like, oh, you just gonna start singing, huh? Like, dang, G. Like that's what that's what you do, right? Yeah, that was that was part of part of the hustle. And so like we was kicking and went to a club. And I know he had was a bouncer. He's a bouncer for a club. And I was like, yo, you being like extra short, how does that work? Like, I know this dude that's going to test you. And he's like, man, it really only comes down to it. Do you like to fight? And I was like, oh, okay. Wait a minute, dude. 
you like to fight? With a sheepish grin, he was like, yeah. <laughs> like, holy moly, movie sweet crooning in the background likes to fight. He's a stay ready. He stay ready. And so we go to the club, and we, we on the let out. He see a girl, and he holler, he's driving. And he see a girl, and she give him a fight. So he whoops around in this, like, church parking lot. And we try to go around, and there's, like, a limo blocking our way from making that turn. And so we wait for a little bit. Just honking his horn, like hard, hard, hard. And these drunk white folk came showing up, like, hey, man, it's a, it's, you don't need to be honking at us, bro. It's okay. And he was like, get out of the car. Hold he hop out the car and like put it in his mouth. And, like, like, all right, yeah, all right. Like, he took his hoodie off. He had like a tank top on. Like I said, Joker works out. Took the hoodie off. And he was like, yo, get in the car. He's like, nah, you like, don't tell that me, man. He was like, shut your ass up and get in the car. <laughs> now the limo driver's black, and the limo driver's like, oh, I don't know what to do, brother. I can't really step. They paying me, and and his other homies weren't as drunk. He was like, nah, man, he's getting married tomorrow. He's about to ruin his life. It's okay, just had a little bit of the drunk. That's what his homies would say. But my boy in the Drunk groom, we're getting closer and closer while me and the homies are kind of like talking back and forth and everything like that. Now, me and my other homie out the car, we're like, ah, oh, man, it's about to be a brouhaha. It's three of them. Yeah, it's three the of term, us. Yeah, use the term brouhaha. I'm using brouhaha right now. I'm using brouhaha oh, right yeah. now. I just want to know if you have to use that. Nah, time. no one used brouhaha. No one said brouhaha that night. And so, like, we hold him back, and then he was like, yo, when he started calling white boy a nigga, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, tell that nigga to get back in the car. Right now, oh, I'm going to show him what it really is, whatever. And he from Memphis, Tennessee. No, from, yeah, he from Tennessee. You know how the Tennessee people. Yeah, he from Chattanooga, not from Memphis. And the cops gave that whoop, and I was like, Oh, if you don't get all going, like, get show behind oh, in the car. Like, like, I literally had to pick him up. Throw him in the car. I'm glad he was still small. He's trying to, like, fight them with McGregor. <laughs> but see, that's the thing, though, man. I, 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 one thing that someone always told me, no one can ever stop you from fighting. Like, what? if you want to fight somebody. I think he saw that cop and he let me. Can't nobody stop you from fighting. Like, like that, that's the rule. You ain't really want to fight if somebody stops you from fighting. I think the cops had, had, had a little bit. And so they actually got to the room before they got to us. And the groom started mouthing off to a, it was a lady cop. Hey, I just want to, it was like, she was like, sir, can you please sit down? You're making me a little bit nervous. And he started mouthing off a little bit more. And she's like, sir, can you please sit down? You're making me nervous. I don't know where the male cop came from. Out of nowhere, that joker was like, did you not hear the officer? Sir, sit down. Leg sweep the mess out of old boy and slammed him on the ground. I was like, back up. We go go the other way because you know we next. If they doing that to the white people in front of us, who knows what they about to do to us. So I don't know if he made it to the next day that day, but I always think about that. Like, he, he, he did get handcuffs on him that night. And I thought, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And this was before Black Lives Matter even existed. And I felt that was like, I felt good that night. Shit. <laughs> I don't know why seeing white people get insulted by cops. 
actually makes me giddy in the inside. <laughs> I don't know why. The bigger thing is you're just taking responsibility for Black Lives Matter. Like, you thought of it first. No, you came up with that. Yo, what the hell? Like, like you came up with, with, with Black Lives Matter now. Are we still good? Yeah. Oh, maybe it's just me. Oh, wrong button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll never take credit for something. I'll never take credit for something. I'm just like, you know, I just thought that was like fun times, man. Fun times. I don't think being in that situation. No, no, no. Being in the situation wasn't, but the outcome. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think everybody takes a small joy. Like, why do you like, fuck nobody? Like, oh, gotcha. It's about time. <laughs> Welcome to my life and all that jazz. Yeah. Do 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 do. They don't even. It's just good to talk greasy to police officers. I've seen it so many times that it's just it's it's, it's scary to me to be around them because I'm like, man, like where y'all do that at? Like, only, only. I'd love to be white. I know. Just, just for it. Give me a day. I, I guarantee you, if, if I was to be white for a week, I'd probably be like a, a billionaire. Man. Like, just give me, just give me one week of being white. I'll show y'all how to work this privilege system. <laughs> like, like I'll yeah. show you, like I'll, I'll be cooking up the pot. Like I got a plan. I got an action plan. Like, like you become white. <laughs> Break glass in case of emergency. You become white, and now you, now you're old. Man, I I remember listening to a comedian who was talking about white privilege. It might have been Louis C.K. or somebody, but he was basically broke down. You know why people why white people don't like the term white privilege and why you don't like it because that basically essentially tells them you're especially if you're, you're essentially playing the game at the easiest setting and you're losing. <laughs> and I was like, Damn, I never thought about that. It's like, yo, you ain't playing on the rookie level. You playing on rookie level. Everyone else is playing Madden level. <laughs> tight with this game of life and you lose it. <laughs> that, is, that is the ultimate that is the ultimate reference. Like, uh, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have to use that one. I was like, oh yeah, that's real talk. Cause if if I was white, I ain't gonna lie to you, I'd be the worst white boy. I'd be broed out all the way and you'd be like, that's what's wrong with America. You get it. I'll be I'll be a Republican. Two. It's all about me. I would be, I'll be, uh, I'll be Paul Ryan. And so, then, Paul Bachelor, like I don't understand why. So if you're listening, like if you're listening to the show right now, I, I just really wanted to pose a question. Like, um, you just, you just made a, you just made an excellent point. Um, and and I, I wrote this on. You made an excellent point about, like, what kind of white person would you be? Uh, like we should, we're going to do a whole show about that. We might do a whole show about that next week. Um, but the other thing, excellent point that you made was uh, just looking at the, the dynamics, like, when you have um, white friends right now. And you're talking about how you would just be a super Trump supporter, Republican, like. I don't know like, if I'll be a super Trump supporter. I mean, you just be all in. Like, but I, I, I just be really douchey about, that's, you know, that's, that's white work. So no, I just think um like I was talking to I, I sent like one of my fat brothers on here. It's like he served our country. Uh, you know, older older guy, you know, like one one of the like first members in my in my in my chapter. And you know, he used to be really like 
you know, respectability politics, you know, like like God and and like you know, like all you know, all the like all the typical, you know, what what Republicans would love from black people. And then this election happened, and he found out all of his well-to-do like white friends are like all racist. <laughs> like they just posting just like 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 racist shit all the time and. And I'm and I'm like look at his post and I be reading like what what they be saying on his post and I'm like, holy, like wait wait you used to call these people your friends. I think this election was like the litmus test for racism. Not saying that all Trump supporters are racist, but all racists voted for Trump. (laughs) No, that's not that. My my thing was and I I I made this point. I said, wow, your friends instead of empathizing with you. What they would rather do is tell you to unite the company when your country, when you're not a bigot, you're not a racist, but it's on you to unite the country and not the president. Like, not the bigot racist president yeah. needs to unite the country. You need to unite the country. Because white people sometimes just, uh, like, they will, they will refuse to take responsibility for anything, which brings us into Donald Trump firing FBI director <laughs> James Comey. Because oh uh, I... I don't even like man. I don't even. I don't even know what's going on. A lot of people gonna get fired. that they taught about him was like his integrity. Yeah. Like, even in, in the midst of all this, he was able to keep his positions with the FBI based on, like, the, the integrity that, that they, quote, unquote, thought he had. And, you know, which, which which I'm starting to think maybe he did have a lot of integrity. But the thing is, even after all, all said and done, Comey, Comey must have really been like Hillary Clinton, but I don't think he liked Donald Trump. Well, I just, either. So I, I, Donald Trump wants yes men around. Well, here's the thing. I think it's not about whether or not he. I, I think Comey likes transparency to a certain extent, and this guy's got to be making your job job hard as fuck. Like that. There's no other way of getting around it. Like, like man, your job is hard as fuck right now because, like, he's just making your job hard as fuck all the time. For no damn reason, and he doesn't respect intelligence. I'm I'm one though. This guard, so I can stay abreast of the subject. So Comey being fired on the EPA, they have a advisory board. Trump let go all uh, nine appointees that were up. They were all scientists. He let them go so he could have more regular folk on the board. And it was like it's a bunch of science related things that's gonna come up. On the board, like, nah, we need some people from the oil industry to be on them spots. I'm like, really, my dude? Like, this is what we what we doing? You putting oil tycoons on the EPA? You firing people who don't agree with you in the FBI? You refuse to uh, have certain judges? Them out the picture. This is what we paid for. This is what we bought. This is what y'all wanted. This is make America great again. To have a goddamn dictator do this guy. Ah, I, just, I get frustrated. I try to bite, bite I mean, my tongue because is, cause I start I start going on a curse and going on a crazy rant. 
You know, ran about an episode, though, man. Damn. Like, not crazy, no crazy rant. Yeah, crazy rant, but, yeah. But we'll, we'll allow it. Like, we'll, 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 we'll allow it. Man, I, I'll say it like this. And I, I put I post it on Facebook, but I posted you. I think this is, like, the best analogy I could come up with. You and a bunch of you people And y'all all decided to get pizza together. Y'all all decided to pay equally for this pizza. And you like, yeah, man, all I want is some pepperoni pizza. I'm going to keep it simple. That's all I want. Just a few slices. It don't got to be even a whole pizza. You can just make a half of pepperoni. And I'm good because we all can get our own pie. Get a piece of a pie. That's what we've been saying, right? Get some of the pie. Get your own pie. Yeah, yeah. Get your own pie. Yeah, we all paid in on it. We get what we want. Somehow or another, your friends get real vocal about all the pizzas need to be bell pepper and pineapple. And you're like, nigga, nah. I don't want no goddamn bell pepper and pineapple on the pizzas. That's gross. That's nasty. I don't like it. I don't want it. I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. We will not stand for this pineapple and bell pepper pizza. They take it to a boat. Half your friends are on what they want, and somehow all the pieces come back, bell peppers and pineapple. And he was like, but I, I don't want none of the pieces. And one of your homies who did a vote on what he wanted was like, I hate fucking pineapple and bell pepper pieces. Now I got to punch him in the face. Because you had an opportunity to change shit up, and you just let it go down like that. That's how I feel every day. When I'm like, you think you don't have a dog in this fight, but you pay these people's salaries. You pay for the things that get funded. You pay for the things that get defunded. And now you're complaining, but that's your money they're deciding what to do with. I want my money to pay for that. I'll pay for that. I want my social to be taken care of. I'll pay for that. I'm not going to pay for petty-ass wars, though. That could be easily avoided. Trump. I'm not going to pay for increases in salaries for people who are already millionaires and billionaires in Congress. I, but I, I'm just saying. Right, no, me I, I personally. Get you. No, I, no, I just, you know, it's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unpack there. I mean, um, you know, I, I agree with some of the, I agree, I would agree with all, some of the non-voting pizza people. <laughs> but, you know, the history of my family doesn't allow me to agree with the non-voting pizza people. Yeah. I, I don't vote because I really, because I'm really like, ah, I'm about to make this difference. I just, I just vote because, you know, motherfuckers die. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's that's the that's the reason. It's not about like, oh, I feel like I'm affecting these elections. I do it as an exercise in in reverence to to those who have come before me. I don't do it as a, I'm about to impact this election with my one vote and I don't walk into the voting booth and be like, yeah, 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 my one vote. No, I go in, I go in fully like, hey, I'm voting because there's a couple people that I know personally who got shot at and got to gotta do this, you know? So, so, that, so that's a difference. I think the thing is I've always, always tried to make people decide things with their pocketbook. And argument always been uh, amongst us is that we can affect change. And it really just hit me, but you wouldn't allow someone to pick a pizza that you didn't want, that you've already paid for. That would piss you off. I know it would piss me off if I didn't get what I want, but yet I still gave you $20 for it. And you, they don't, we don't realize, like, they're getting this money regardless. They already got it. Every time your check comes, 
they get their cut before you even see anything and everything. And you want to sit back and not vote? They already got your money. It's cool. You you, you did them a, a double service. You didn't kick them out, and they still get your money. So think with your goddamn pocketbook. Think with your goddamn wallet. They got your money. Make them earn that bad boy. And you might not be one, but I bet you can find 10,000 other people that feel the way you do about the situation. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. And, yes, people got shot for it. But it's my money, too. That's all I'm saying. No, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. Hey, I, 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 am, I am 100% there for you. But I still, you know, I still feel like, you know, I, I, I feel a little bit different about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, that's something. That's my thing. It's just a little different about it. Like, like it's an exercise in, it's an exercise in that pizza's going to be bought regardless. Your money's going to be spent on it regardless. The thing is, being able to pay for the pizza, a lot of people die for you to be able to pay for that pizza. <laughs> so, so, so you go in. There's a lot of people die. You know, there's a lot of people died who paid for the pizza. They couldn't even eat the goddamn pizza. You know, right. so it's a lot. It's, it's, this analogy can get so deep so fast. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that makes me even more upset. They can't say now you get a chance to actually pick what pizza we get, and you ain't trying to get the pizza you want. My grandfather died, almost died. He ain't died, almost died, just so he could say, "Hey, yo, can you get some extra cheese on that?" That's all I want to say. Can it wasn't even, you know, it was like, "Yo, can we order this here?" <laughs> yeah. Like, do y'all do delivery? <laughs> Deeper than that. like, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all delivery? No, <laughs> no, oh, okay. all right, cool, bet, bet, bet. I'm just checking, just checking, <laughs> man. But yeah, it's it's a lot of rant about, it. and I try to, I try to been trying to go through this year with the simple mantra of, uh, get money in different ways. Uh, you know, we're almost halfway through it. But the year, like June is next. June is next month. That's sexy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We're almost halfway through it, man. And, and I, like I commend you. I think you've been living uh, more of my uh, my uh, what you call that resolution than I have. I, I see you've been chugging along over there, trying to get that money. But I think that's the best best solution. I mean, uh, that's the only solution I got right now. Like, do your best to try to get some money. I don't wait Especially before the economy crashes. Like that's what, that's what I'm not worried about. We got maybe one. One in there, like we got maybe twelve, eighteen months. Like once, once these new regulations and deregulations roll through, it's like there's gonna be a big money grab, and then there's gonna be the fallout. And then it's like, where are you go? Where are you gonna be at? You gonna be in the big money grab, or you gonna be on the fallout? Shit be so funny to me that they always like, oh, we got deregulate and let business go, deregulate. That business grow. I was like, all right. When I think about deregulation, oh yeah, that was Enron. They they was on the deregulation train. Oh, before that, oh that was the housing bubble. That was deregulation. We saw how deregulation worked there. Oh yeah. Oh, remember when uh, the Great Depression? That was a whole lot of deregulation. That's why we had to put regulations in there. Oh, when they was like uh, dirtying up our our water supply. Was like, oh, that shit ain't cool. Deregulation. So when has deregulation ever proved that it was good for anybody everywhere? saying completely regulating doing everything it's still America Jack. But still, like <laughs> why like passing these people up to be like we gotta let business grow in deregulation and I'm all for business. But at the end of the day, 
this is a government has two different objectives. Right. But the, but but you got to weed them in together. We got a call. We got a call. I'm gonna go to the call. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Cool. Oh, yeah. oh hey. 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 Hello. Hey. Is it my turn to talk? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we, we we ready for you. Okay. Okay. So what are we talking about? Ranting. So. Who, yeah, so who is this? I'm the one. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Tasha. I know who you are. But tell us who you are. <laughs> this is Tasha. What's up, Tasha? Okay, we need you to start off. We need to know what is your blackest moment of the week? My blackest moment? I don't know. So I'm going to just expand on what I think the blackest moment entails with my example. So I had a, a blackest moment when I was looking at the footage from Sally Yates going back and forth with the senators um, today. And I I saw what she said, and I saw what was told to her, and I was like, yeah, Sally, go Sally. But what stood out the most to me was how they all opened up the floor with shaming her first and trying to talk down to her and make her feel inferior. And um, uh, who was it? Oh, I can't remember who it was that she was. Got to be, Ted, gotta be Uncle Ted Cruz. <laughs> it wasn't Ted Cruz. It was the white-haired gentleman. Uh, what is his name? That, that's like a <laughs> I think it was Clapper. And he, and he finished his, his, his opener with, I just felt like I needed to tell you that. And then went on into what the subject matter of the day was. And you just see it so often as a a woman in the professional world where you are approached by men who feel like they have to teach you constantly. And then as a black woman, you also get that same kind of air of superiority from, from males that you encounter throughout the day, all day, every day. And and that just like my reaction to that was very black. I was like, oh fuck no. And so, <laughs> well, I, I think is do you think that that's a um like that type of condescension kind of crosses both parties' lines, right? Like you just find like oh, men in general are just like definitely. shady when it comes to that. Yes, yes it does. No, I, I just wanted to make sure. That it wasn't like a Democrat or Republican. Like men oh, just need to do better. We, we are shitty not, when it comes to this. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you can say it like that. Are you representing yeah, I mean, all men right now? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be the representative of all men. I'm just no, no, no. And I mean, it, it might it might apply to all men. I'm, I'm sure there's there's levels of it depending on who you talk to. But um, where I notice it personally the most is on the professional scene, and it's very prominent, whether it's intentional or not. Sometimes now these instances were very much so intentional. And you can tell when a man is asserting his authority over someone that he deems uh, inferior to him. Um, and so that that stood out to me a little bit more than what was actually being said in the interview or in the and hearing that, or whatever. And I think it really sucks that, it that you know, that, that she has to, like, defend, like, she has to defend this. I can't, she has to defend the condescension and the, uh, yeah. Right, just to even I, get to what her actual point is. You have to over. Right, I can't even watch those other, Yeah. 
Cause but yeah, that, that was my um, that was my little moment. I have to go celebrate my aunt's birthday now. But I know oh, I'll call well, in. Happy and, birthday, aunt! Thank you, thanks for calling. And, and we're gonna we're gonna unpack it a little bit more after you hang up. But thank you for the call. I appreciate that, and I'll be listening. All right. All right, y'all. <laughs> so yeah. I don't. I didn't get a chance to watch some of the hearings, man. Uh, I, I mean, I just think that that's, that's always so. I, white men in their finger wagging all, all the time, like all the time, especially when it comes to minorities and women. But more specifically, and I'm not even going to take this off of the uh, specifically when it comes to women. Like I do it sometimes. I catch myself. It's it's like certain things. I, I mean, when the the the, the most vocal people like let's say an abortion debate be like oh white dudes and I'd be like you don't need to say a goddamn thing let them women figure out what the hell they want to do with themselves and y'all just <laughs> yeah I'm like yeah maybe that's what y'all that's what y'all want to do auntie mama sister cousin whoever they are related to you let them decide I think that should be the rule only women can like make the rules over abortion. Because uh, that's the same way I feel about, like, with minority issues. Like, they, white dudes always think they know the best thing. And that's why I know I'll be the worst kind of white dude. Because the only thing that keeps my ego to my temper is like, ah, I know I got to hold my tongue in this situation. Blah, 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 blah. Imagine a world where I did not have to hold my tongue back at any time because the world has always been my oyster, and they've always respected my opinion, and I was always allowed to believe I was the smartest person in the room, regardless of the situation. I, 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 well, I mean, I, I'm just saying. As a, as a like, part of your male privilege is acknowledging that. Like, I, I know, like, I try to justify it and say I talk to everybody like that in but but yeah, you 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 like there's there's a, a uh, unconscious bias, like when you're talking to women. Um, you know, it took me a while before I was really like 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 having women bosses. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like that 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 male in you, and it 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 works. Like it it affects you sometimes. Like the way I was just like, yeah, I couldn't even like like I had trouble working for I had trouble working for women. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my direct style of my direct style of uh, of leadership um, maybe didn't allow it, but but yeah, um, yeah your thoughts? Because uh, you've been accused of being a misogynist like various times in the, throughout, throughout our journey of doing the show. You've been accused of being a misogynist. <laughs> Female-dominated profession, 
Uh, and most of the time, it's a white woman. That's your teacher, according to statistics, where they make up 70% of the field. And being a teacher myself, I'm probably going to have a female boss. I've actually, a lot of my bosses have been female. Uh, of all the principals, I've only had one male principal, uh, two. One ain't last that long. Uh, two male principals in my whole career. All the rest have been women. And, and so, like, I've had to really kind of figure out my kind of space in a very female-dominated and driven world. And I think that's tempered some of my thoughts of how people interact and how I interact. And now I just basically on whether or not I think you're intelligent or not. And some people are intelligent, some people not so much. And, ah, yes, I'm a misogynist, but I'm working on that. I'm working on that. That's just because we, just, just we realize, uh, yeah. I, I, I am, too. I just, I just work on trying to check my privilege, and that's the, that's the biggest thing. It's like, I always trying to be cognizant of, like, you still low on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's still a, like, major pain thing. You still a shit sandwich, <laughs> just not a soggy one. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and just be cognizant of that fact. But, you know, like, I... I work in a professional, like, you know, my, my communication style sometimes when it comes to work projects are always very direct, very forward. Like, I don't have any filters, like, no chill sometimes. And I'm not very, not a lot of empathy, not a lot of, like, you know, I just don't, I just don't operate in that space, man. But, you know, some people react to it very well, regardless of, you know, male, female. Yeah. Some people don't react to it very well, you know, and I, I constantly have to be thinking about what culture I want to build at, like, the businesses that I have. Like, what like what culture do you want to build? Like, is it fear? Is it intimidation? Is it, is it like, hey, he's just going to give it to me straight, and it is what it is. You know, I don't try to – I don't know. I, I, I think but, – but watching – I watched a couple of the clips, and uh, Ted Cruz is being – but Ted Cruz – like, I could say Ted Cruz is a dick to everybody, and so and – Yeah, he's the, pretty consistent. Yeah, that would be the same thing. But I, I don't want to give him a pass on, on this just because he's a dick to everyone. That, I mean, he has it to be, yeah. But I think that's a part of his uh, male male privilege coming out that he doesn't feel like he has to uh, temper himself. I think parts of my suburban blackness, and I know the different parts of blackness, is that I kind of garnered myself to be deferential because deferential is uh, safe. And I know uh, it kind of reminds me of a quote I gave from uh, uh, from uh, their white people this weekend. Uh, one of the characters stated, you get so mad with me thinking I'm acting white or I'm trying to assimilate. And, like, I'm from the south side of Chicago. I've seen people die. I'm just trying to survive because it doesn't matter who's woke or not if you're dead. And I was like, holy shit. Well, it blew your mind. You finally got to that. Like, we've been waiting to have, like, oh, you finally got to that point. Segway. Uh, I, I, you know, I watched like, like, from, from Johnson, like, it came I'm, I'm gonna type on this laptop, but I'm gonna project this yeah, your yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I don't want to get too uh, deep in the plot points, but I think everyone should see. Spoilers! Yeah, I don't want to watch spoil, the show. I don't want to spoil anything, but I haven't seen this great of an intersection of blackness since like a different world. Like, and I think those. I think that's why I love Different World is my favorite show of all time. And I know a lot of people are like what. Yeah, Different World is my favorite show you, of you know, all time. You know what? You know what they're about. So Blackish, I'm about to get a spin off from Blackish. It ain't gonna work. That was. Uh, I know. I know. Going to college. Yeah, it ain't gonna 
work. But I think it's interesting. Like, I still think I wish he would have gone to an HBCU mm-hmm. and they showed that experience. But of course she she did because because the world because it's blackish yeah it's yeah, it, like like it would have been it would have been too too real too real for that that coming from where she was but it would have been cool if she would have been as they did in the same vein of going to one of the elite HBCUs like right they, that, like the fictional elite that, HBCU that, where that, where they could have been like like didn't have Washington Sun but going the other to part HBCU. Of it, but the other part of it was showing her being able to get into any school that she wanted to get into. So like that was another big part about it. Like her being able to show that she can get into Howard, she can get into Harvard, she can get into whatever. Like like I think the achievement aspect is is something important too. All right. Man, I, I'm, I, I think it's very important. I'm, I'm about to actually, I'm about to do all kind of entertainment news and, and breakdowns for you. That my first point is, I'm appreciating all the diversity, uh, diversity that's going on on television. But also, you got to watch out. WGN was just bought by a very conservative uh, station, and so we got to pray to see. Hopefully, our underground gets renewed. I just want to put that out there. So, so this might be our last episode. We might have to see it on the ground tomorrow. And I, I'm sad to give you sad news like that, but that like WGN got bought by ultra conservatives. Yeah, yeah, I know. Breaking news, man. But as always, around this time, every Tuesday, 8:45 Eastern Standard Time, 7:45 Central Standard Time, we do our testimony Tuesday with Pastor Kerry Payton. And so I'm going to jump on. And we will have Pastor Kerry Payton from Greater St. Mary's, St. Matthew's, I'm sorry, Greater St. Matthew's Church. Give us our testimony Tuesday. Good evening. Hey, Good evening. How's everyone okay. this evening? We're doing well. We're doing well. Doing well. Great, great, great. Glad I, again, I'd like to take that to give thanks to you all for this great opportunity to uh, to take a take a minute to bring a word of power and and clarity when it comes to uh, Christianity among us as African Americans. Uh, blacks in this American country that we live in. Uh, I, I've, I was teaching this this week on a subject that I think is so misunderstood, and it's a, the subject of Christianity when it comes to restoration and how we, we, we don't acknowledge, we don't uh, exercise restoration in its fullness because restoration is to, to be restored back to the original state and how we, we have broken relationships and uh, broken marriages and, and broken health. We have, we have broken uh, communities, and when it comes to restoring back, we, we kind of put hinges on it that we can't let you all the way back in. It's like it's, it's in, in relationship to a, a person who was a, a, uh, an active individual in a Christian church, leaves the church, something happens, and then when they come back, it's almost like they got they got to go through a rite of passage before they can be accepted back and be restored. And what Christ came for us, to us for was to restore us to a total restore restoration back to our place in Him, how our, in our original creation, being His most divine creation, His most appreciated creation. And we've got to exercise that in the Christian church in order that people might be able to know and understand that we are different from uh, others who uh, allow you to come back in, but you come back in with stipulations. There shouldn't be any stipulations. We should be able to be restored back to wholeness. And when I, when I, when I look at a biblical perspective of that, I look in, in Mark chapter 3, 
where it said that there was a man who had a withered hand. And when, his, when he stuck his withered hand back out and Christ restored that hand, it said it was just like the other one. It, wasn't, uh, it didn't have a bandage on it. It didn't have a, a, a split on it. it. It was totally restored back to its original state. And there are in the, in the Christian walk uh, marriages that, are, that have been damaged for whatever reason, and people come back together. It ought to be a total restoration where they come back together just as though nothing had happened. That's true forgiveness. If we can't exercise true forgiveness, then uh, what we have is uh, people walking on eggs trying to figure out what I can do and what I can't do. And I just I, I tried to get us to understand that uh, if we restore people back to their original state, if we restore relationships back to its original state, if we go to God and we want to be healed, we don't go to God and ask God to put a bandage on it. I want to be healed. I want to be, uh, one writer says, I don't simply want to be made healed. I want to be made whole. I want to go back to what I originally was. And the Christian has that uh, uh, ability to go to God and ask for total restoration. Instead of going to God and asking God for pieces of stuff, going to God and asking God for parts of stuff, we want total, complete restoration of health, of marriages, of family. One of the things that I'm recognizing in the, in the African-American Christian church is that because of things like uh, natural uh, disasters like Katrina and things of that nature, we have divided. We've gone all parts of the world, and we're not coming back together. And when we're coming back together, we're coming back together as, as though we're different uh, and, and we've changed so much. But we have to get back to our roots of who we are and become restored back to that place of who we were designed and created to be. Uh, I, I say my last thing that I say in relationship to restoration, that's what Christ's work was all about. It was about restoration. It was getting us back to the place where we were originally with him in creation, and that was his best creation. I'm, Thank you I'm again, gonna, gentlemen. I'm gonna use some fire, you got a question? I'm going to use some fire emojis. <laughs> I, I was quoting you. I sent out a, a, a quote. Well, what was that scripture again for our audience to reference? In Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, it was, there was a man who came in, and he had a withered hand. And the hand was, was just shrunken up, and he couldn't move, and he couldn't do anything with it. And, and when, it, when Christ went to heal the hand, he didn't make it almost good. He didn't make it where it could grab some stuff and some stuff it couldn't grab. It said, and it looked just like the other hand. It was totally restored. And in many of our relationships, we're not being given total restoration. And if we're not given total restoration, we're not given total forgiveness. And if we're not given total forgiveness, then we don't, we're not really, really being able to be in that place that we once were. And if a, if a young couple, I, I, I counsel young couples, and, uh, and we make mistakes, and we have to acknowledge and recognize that we do make mistakes. And some, somebody has made a mistake. If you make the decision that you are going to put that aside and restore that back, you can't keep bringing that up because if you keep bringing it up, you're just setting yourself up for it to happen again. You've got to restore it back as though it had never happened. And, yes, it is hard, but that's the reason why we have Christ on the inside of us that empowers us to do that because we can't do that on our own. 
You you can't tip out on me and do what you want to do on me and come back and I'm just going to act like ain't nothing happening. There's something on the inside of me. Got to work that out. Well, we thank thank you again for calling in and giving us our testimony Tuesday. I'm pretty sure our our audience has some words to reflect on. I know we definitely do. Appreciate the call, and we will talk to you next Tuesday. Have a great week, gentlemen. Thank you all again. Thank you, Pastor. All right, we have another caller coming on. Yo, welcome to your blackest hour. Your blackest hour on the net. Are you there, caller? Oh, I hear our voices. It's echoing. So we're here, caller. You can talk. Oh, I'm sorry, that was me, Keedry. This Carenza. So powerful speech. I don't even want to talk about what I want to call in and talk about. Yeah, yeah. You could you could talk about your blackest woman, or you could just go into your rant because it's rant rant something, right? Yeah. Nah, man. I just I you know Kendrick and I had this debate about uh I guess some kid questioning should he go to China to play basketball professionally or go to college, and we just had a an interesting dialogue about you know a, a, a player's popularity and. And, and and one thing that I wanted to touch on that we didn't get to touch on because we went back and forth a lot is you, that you said go to China. It, it reminds right? me of people, huh? You said go to China, right? Yeah, it was. He no, had an option to go like one point four million dollars to go to China. Yeah, he had like a one point four million dollar option to go to China or um, go to college and play college ball. And um, my brother on the other end over there, you know. He wanted to – he said he should just go get the money and, and take the money. I mean, of course, that was an alpha decision. You know what I'm saying? Alpha don't oh, make right. decisions all the time. He's bringing in Greek Okay, bro. <laughs> Keep it going, man. Hey, I got to get my ass time in, right? Yeah, I know. That was <laughs> – Nah, but uh, and I was just saying that, you know, I think it would hurt him in the long run from a, a, a revenue growth perspective if he went to China and, and didn't play college ball and get the notoriety, notoriety and the popularity from playing college basketball that he can take with him into the NBA. And we just had a little dialogue back and forth about it. But it, it, it's interesting. It reminds me of a topic that I had. I think, Kendrick, I think you posted it before about accounting. Like I've talked to a couple of CPAs about how you should file your taxes. And people always think if you get a tax return back, it's a good thing. And accountants will tell you that if you get a tax return back, basically um, you're giving the government an interest-free loan. And they say that's not a good thing. But then I always kind of counter to that with accountants. I'm like, well, you are saying that you have the impression that if a person got their money when they were supposed to in their check, that they'll actually do something positive with that money to where that money will grow. You know, what I've learned in a black community, um, if a black person gets a check, at least from what I've seen, if a black person gets a check for like, let's say, a $6,000 tax return, um, they're more... Um, they will probably save more of that and not spend it frivolously if they got an extra $250 in their check every week. <laughs> I, 
I see. I have to totally disagree with you, man. <laughs> like I got to totally. Dude, disagree I'm with telling you. So uh, and, like, I, and, and, and I mean that's fine. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think we have. I'm trying to make my bill. Huh? Like I, my savings well, is my savings, right? So, so you right. get paid every. Well, you look, we also got to look to the. Well, you also got to look to. You also got to look the black community. As a black community, we don't save a lot. You're, like a lot of black people see their right. savings account is their four hundred one k. Like they don't so, look so, at it as easier, having an actual liquid savings account. It is easier for me to put fifty to a hundred dollars aside every time I get paid than to put three thousand aside if I got a five thousand dollar check. I'm just telling you, that's not the norm. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's not the norm. See, I can't. Because you know what? It, 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 I, I, I had the discussion with some other yeah, friends. Cause that's like, if they get the extra hundred dollars in their check, you know what they're gonna do? Man, I can go to the club with with my boys. Not nah, man, that, that extra hundred dollars. Give my black people more credit than that. Like, I, if you would have came on here, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am, I am telling talk. you, I have talked, I have talked to different levels. Uh, when I say different levels, I'm talking about educationally. And, and 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 socially, from an economic standpoint, of what they would do, and I give them, you know, like the red pill and the blue pill. I'd be like, hey, if you got six thousand dollars one time, what would you do with it? And I was like, hey, if you got two hundred fifty dollars okay, extra every paycheck, what you'll do with it? Let let me like, if you would have got on here and said more bikers would blow that six thousand dollar check and not save it, then I'd have been like, you know what, he's right. You better. Pay like, some debt off. But, but, but that's the thing. That's what we. Saw. I mean, that's what. That, that's, and you know, it's funny. I'm glad you said that. That's what a lot of them just say. They'll say, "Oh, what I'll do is I'll take some of that, pay some debt off, some credit card debt or whatever, and then I'll save the rest on that big six thousand dollar check." But if you tell them, "Hey, I'm gonna give you an extra two hundred fifty dollars," they create more expenses for themselves. At least in the at least in the surveys and the hypothesis that I have done. Now you're more than welcome to go do it yourself, my brother. <laughs> you would have I, I, I don't get no tax returns, <laughs> so, so I'm taking I'm taking my money every every week um, right now. No, I understand that, and like, and like, and that was my argument to like one of the CPA. I mean, not even an argument, the, the discussion that one of the CPA guys and I was having, because you know everybody knows time value of money is more. You know, the, the longer the older you have money, the more valuable it is. Right, and I was telling him, and I was just like, "Well, that's because you're expecting people to wisely invest that money to where it's accruing interest, right?" That's the, I'm like, "That's the assumption you're making," but I can tell you right now, not a lot of people are investing that. And then nine times out of ten, if they are investing that, they're investing it in an account that's like a savings account that's getting like probably point two five interest. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, so they're all not good, all good point. investing that money. You know what I'm saying? That they're supposedly saving every two weeks, you know. And I'm, I'm just being honest, from a cultural standpoint, a lot of us don't save like we talk about. We assume that a lot of people do, but they really don't. No, and, and you're you're absolutely right. That that was a struggle for me and and my family, like like saving enough. You know, like like what's what's this extra amount? And and you know, like you know, I think somebody told me that you have to be able to get, like you should be able to live for a year. Of your savings. Yes. Like, that's what you should be trying to get to. Yeah, but see, the funny when I tell people that, I'm like, when I say your savings, I'm talking about your savings account, not your 401k. Right, absolutely. <laughs> that you have yeah, to pay right. a penalty on. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and to be honest, I ain't, I ain't had a year yet. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard. hard. It's hard. <laughs> I mean, because as you, 
to your point, as you get older, you do make more you do make more bills for yourself. Yeah. Okay. All so right. it was just so you know, and, and and that was the argument I was having with when you said the guy can collect, you know, eight hundred thousand dollars that one year, and I'm like, well, you're assuming that he's going to do something, you know, um, well, you know. I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to get the term intelligent. I'm, you're assuming like he's going to make a good financial decision with that 800k, and what I'm saying is I don't think he will, and the amount of revenue he will lose by not playing college ball and gaining that popularity here but in America. So is you know, the revenue equal? Is that 800k going equal to his revenue for that one year? Yes. Because here's the thing, like I say, so if he gains popularity, right? So, so, I mean, my thing is, no, I'm not talking about future. I mean, I'm, you're talking about, so you're talking about 800K in the, the one year he's playing college ball for free, right? And what I was saying is he has the potential. And like you said, you know, we brought up good examples. You brought up Emmanuel Moody. I brought up Brandon Jennings. And, you know, we talked about that. But, it, I mean, and I never dug into, like, their endorsement deals and stuff like that. But, like, if you have a player that's a top three player, which this kid is considered, you know, if you go from top three to getting drafted like 17, that's like a five to ten million dollar endorsement deal that you lose immediately. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, 800k sounds good for a year, but in the future potential earnings that you have, you know, I don't think it's intelligent. Goes to college and drops too. Harry Giles, huh? Supposed to be one, number one pick overall. Now he's no, a late first rounder. One one year to college. I agree with that. I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's a risk. It's a, it's a risk-reward thing. And, I mean, the, for the debate, you know, you're on the side saying, hey, don't take the risk, you know, and get the guaranteed funds instead of playing a year for free, where I'm saying you have a greater reward playing a year for free than risking. Just like, you know, people getting on LeVar Ball and his son, you know. Oh, oh next week, call in next week. We're doing a whole show. About that I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I, so I'll say this tidbit, before, and I'll get off the phone because I'm pretty sure I got all the people who want to talk. So I, res, I respect LeVar Ball, what he's, his idea and what he's trying to do. I, I totally 100% respect that. I don't think he did – I don't think from a tr- strategic agility standpoint he's doing a good job. And this is something I told one guy in the barbershop, in a, and God knows I don't like barbershop talk because there's no logic in any of that. But what I would have done if I was his, if I was in the position that LeVar was in, I would have took Nike's contract. I would have took Nike's money, have my son play for three years on that Nike contract, and then, because I think his youngest, to be honest with you, I think his youngest son is probably the most talented one. And then when his youngest son um, comes out of college and enters the NBA draft, now you already have Nike. They gave you the capital financing basically for free. You know, you you were able to look at Nike's distribution networks, their marketing strategies, you know, and you are, you know, or whatever big shoe company you want, you were able to see what mistakes they made, and then you launch your own brand. You know, hopefully your son Lonzo does good in the NBA, and that gives you more leverage to where you could have that partnership. But at least now you have capital money that they gave to you for free from the from the endorsement deal, and now you have some uh, a, a following and a fan base that's attached to your oldest son, which will probably continue to your youngest son, and now you have capital dollars that you can go to a bank and get and say, hey, wait, wait, we go, this we is go, the type so of manufacturing And we're going to bring you on to actually as a, like, you can just co-host this, but we got a couple other calls that I want to grab, grab too. 
Um, before, before oh, no, we man, go, just, shoot, just shoot me a message right next week, man, because you know. Yeah, just shoot yeah. me a message. Right, hey, I have no hey, calling. appreciate you calling in, Carranza. Always, always, you know, always a brother from Scotlandville doing big things but makes bad decisions on fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. All right, bro. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to make Scotlandville love. All right, man. Yeah. Oh, he said flexible strategies. What did he say? Strategizing, flexible. Hey, but hey, Malik on the line, man. I can't let this dude stay on hold. Oh, welcome to the Black Hour. What's going on? Black is out on the net. What's going on, fellas? Nothing much. What you got for us today, bro? First, I love the content and the topics of the show. Um I agree with everything that the young brother was saying, but when we talk about anything dealing with black people, we have to go back and talk about history and knowing that black people have been systematically denied wealth on different ways and different tactics in this country. So when we talk about wealth creation um, and the lack of black money, I mean, the Urban League did a report 10 years after Katrina, and it was crazy to see the numbers of what a black person makes in the in the age of forty versus what a white man is making, like the same group, and the difference. Think about how wealth has been passed down to white families, how white um, men or white or children immigrants with GI bills and homes to build homes. Well, while black people and were redlined in communities, um, we have to talk about culture. How because I come from two educated parents, and they both got the college degree, but they were taught by their parents. To get a good job, get a house, and raise your family. Nobody never mentioned about wealth creation. Nobody never mentioned about instead of working for somebody, owning your own business. So we have a lot of family households. It's like, oh, yeah, get a degree, be a doctor. And I say, build your own medical practice, build your own real estate um, empire, et cetera, et cetera. And also, what in public education is there financial literacy that teaches our children about wealth creation? Because we take it for granted. In white households, they're talking about acquisition property and companies. Um, black folks, you know, well, not all black folks, but you know what I'm saying? So you have to talk about the subject because everybody in the household is not talking about the same thing. So we have to look at that because if you're in a household and mama, your mom owns five homes and your dad owns ten homes, you're going to hear things like that in, around the general table. So when you graduate from college and they say, oh, here's $200,000 to start, your, start you off or in Donald Trump case, Here's a million dollars. I didn't get mm-hmm. a million dollars. And I don't know if Kendrick got one, but I didn't I get a million dollars. I mean, I was eating at your house, man. <laughs> so that's, that's all I would say, but I agree with everything else. I think um, it, I, I love our generation, actually, tenacity and learning about wealth creation and actually sharing it, um, sharing about investing, sharing about saving, because I hear more people in our generation talking about that and also talking about how can we be our own boss. How can we start our yeah. own foundation? How can we start our own yeah. company? We're we're not looking to we're not looking to retire at a job. That, that's so a, I really admire that about our job. And somebody told me like every two years you need to be reevaluating what you're doing with your life. Yeah. Like whether it's like okay, I acquired enough skills to start my own business, or I'm I just want to do something different and learn new skills. 
uh, like every two years. But I noticed that this generation is more just like, we're just going to figure it out. We're going to start our own business and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And but, I also want to admit, I, I am, an, I, I have a twin sister, but I do have some um, misogynistic ways. Um, actually, this summer I've been launching a black male collective to learn about black women in feminism and womanism. So we can learn, because, you know, especially when you're an activist, you work with sisters. And sometimes, just like Martin Luther King, a lot of people didn't know, if it wasn't for Ella Jo Baker, uh, they wouldn't have a civil rights movement. She was doing the paperwork. She was writing the You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people don't know about right. these women like Daisy Bates and Ella Jo Baker, who were behind the scenes, writing the minutes, writing the speeches, doing the groundwork, and then the men would get up and just give a speech. So um, we have to learn more about our sisters. Um, I know I'm a misogynistic in a way where I talk with women. Well, well let's, let's get some recommendations together, and we'll do a weekly segment and get a, a, a black woman who, is, who can, who can talk and teach and coach us on these issues to come and do it every week. Or at that convenience. If you got some recommendations, Send me a message. All right, I got you. I like that. So that was it. That's all I had to say. And we appreciate your call always. No Nola Tours, Frozen Photography, Malik Bartholomew, joining the show. We appreciate you, bro. Uh, I appreciate everything that's going on. I think we're definitely a part of uh, a generation that is very much about doing itself. And I kind of. But I think we're also products of our environment. Uh, like, we inherited such a terrible economy. Cats, it felt like everybody had to take on the mentality of early 70s and 80s rappers. It was like, damn, I don't got no options. I got to figure something out. Hey, what's that you're doing over that music? Can we sell that? Let's do that. That's what I feel like everybody's doing right now. Like, yo, what, what skills you got? Sell that on the internet. I make cozies for beers. Sell that. Because we need money, one way or another. What you do? Oh, I know how to make an app. Sure. An app about what? Oh, seafood recipes? Yeah, make that. Let's see what happens and pop off. Because that's just kind of what it goes. And going back to LeVar Ball and them, he just run this company like the rappers ran the company. That's all he's doing. I, mean, no, I, I just think he's very genius on how he's approaching it. As he should. I mean, look, he had a $500 shoe. The shoe's overpriced. But it, it doesn't matter. He still sold units first day. He still sold units. Yeah, someone buying them. They, they, they said at, at, at minimum, he sold at least 300 pairs of shoes. Yeah. At $500 a, a shoe. That means this company just made $150,000 in one day. We got companies that don't get that kind of revenue in a year. Man. He's doing, he's doing I think he's doing proper. It's two so, things I, need, I think he needs to do. He changed his logo and changed the name. Well, that's, 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 yeah. that's, that's Wait, The thing is, he can keep the logo because he gets so much run on, on television, and he gets all that free marketing. You know, the fact is, it, the only part that's hindering him right now is his son hasn't played a game. Yeah, yeah. Like, if his son takes the league by storm, people going to be buying the shoes. Yeah. Like, Steph uh, Curry uh, got people uh, buying Under Armour shoes, and they look like the shoes that nurses wear. <laughs> and orderlies, not, no, no offense to the nurses, but they look like the shoes that orderlies wear yeah. and nurses wear. Like, like and, and Steph Curry got them all buying them. You got, you got to do what you, you, you got to do. I think um, – 
it's really going to come down if all the sons go to the NBA. And I think it's going to be something that you're going to have to to handle and something that you're going to have to recognize. But you saw how how white people quickly were like, okay, we're just going to not include him in this because he's not not doing it and talking the way we want to do. Like, I think, like, my respect level for LeVar Ball is, like, on on a million. Because he went into a meeting and he said, like, look, I got three sons. They all going in the NBA. Yeah. And they're all going to be stars. I'm betting on my sons that they're all going to be stars. And and so he's negotiating deals based on that premise. And he's not afraid to say, like, you know what? Like, we don't need your money. I just do this myself. Like, I can learn how to do this myself. There's a lot of people like knowing your worth. I, like I said, I think – I think I won't say it's the main cause, but I think the do-it-yourself music idea mm-hmm. is finally translating towards the well, I, athletic well, side well, of it. Like I don't need your label anymore. Right. I don't need you. But here, I think, and the biggest thing that 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 does that is social media, because you used to have to go to Nikes and Adidas to get the branding and get the the advertisement that you need. Now you don't have to. Now you don't have to. Like he literally just dropped the shoe. His son has played zero NBA games. He dropped the shoe, and they showed at least 300 shoe, pairs of shoes. How much money did he invest to get a prototype made and manufactured? Where the hell does he manufacture? Did he go to China? Did he bust a Frank Lucas and went overseas himself to find out where the thing I mean, was? To the, buy the leather? But the fact that he knows how to go through those steps to get it done. Where the hell has he been his whole life? Like, what, what is his background? Who is this man? Who cares? I know, I'm curious oh. for my own. I'm about to say, like, like I'm, I'm on the phone. I'm like, who cares? Because he's actually, to me, he's actually doing right by his son. No, he's very much doing right by his son. I'm just curious of, like, like, like you said, I'm like the white man and American gangster. You mean he has the purest, most? <laughs> I don't think. How is he doing this? Right. Like, like, I'm, I'm just curious. So you know, That's people cool. was trashing him at first, like when he was coming out, and then. Like, they sent him this thing, like, oh, like, nobody wanted to buy your shoe, yada, yada. Like, nobody wanted to pick up your shoes. Like, he screwed his son out of all that money. And I'm like, nah. His son, like, if, if you know the way the athletic shoe game works, yeah. like, you could be years before you even get your own signature shoe. Yeah. So you get a Nike contract, but if you're not LeBron James, you're not going to get a signature shoe. Like, like Paul George, pretty big deal in the league, right? Under Jordan, right? Under, Jordan uh, under, under the Nike brand. Just got. He's been in the league for at least five years. He just got a signature shoe. Yeah. See yourself. And and Paul George builds his own marketing, has his own fans, and they could have been had. Like I said, we could spend a whole. I could spend a whole hour talking about the genius of. of like, yeah, skipping the middleman. Like like you don't. Nike's gonna come back to him once he sells enough shoes. Nike gonna come back to him. Adidas coming back. Everybody. His son becomes a star. They coming back to him. And then he'll just be able to say, like, nah, here's what the terms are going to be, the, the deal. Here, here are my terms. That joke came out the gate as for Bill, though. Why not? Do what you do. Like, you all. What? 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 We'll get past the like, You have not because you ask not? You're right about that. That's, that's biblical, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he's gambling. He, he, he busts the gamble. And now he just needs one, just one of them boys. Right, the look, ball out. You don't need all three. You just need one of them to ball out. Look, it, look. I, I'd buy his shoe right now and never wear it. <laughs> and be like, I got the original because after Nike comes in and they go back and give him his money, he's just like, yo, like I got the original big baller brand prototype first shoe. 
he's coming up with a hustle. He's like, I was about to do tattoos. And he's like, all summer 17, half all tattoos. If you want a tattoo, I got you. And I'm like, cool, cool, kudos to you. I'm thinking kudos like to you. Like he's social media marketing from prison? Yeah, from prison. Like and to people in prison or people no, out. outside of prison. Wow. Like he's supposed to pictures and all that kind of stuff. And But he hit me up after this whole goose chase I'm doing for this. Like, yo, bro, you got a tattoo? And I was like, what's up? No, 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 no. <laughs> you got to prove yourself, sir. <laughs> I don't want no thick behind, scarred up. Nah, 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 nah. And so my question is. Because it doesn't sound like he's in minimum security. <laughs> or maybe he is. Yeah, cell phone and tattoo and that. Yeah, so I'm saying, would you let your relative tattoo you? If they were a tattoo artist. <laughs> like when they fresh out, of, when they fresh nah, out, of, yeah, you gotta do. <laughs> you gotta go through the shop, do some more apprenticing. Yeah, I, I mean, go. I wouldn't even say apprenticing because like he could die for giving a bad tattoo. In yeah, so he, he has a little bit of a right, so, right, already. So, I just need you to get the skills honed up at the shop and all that, and I gotta see like several people, several people wearing your work and looking at yourself. Like I gotta be in the shop looking at you. Like yeah. That's a good line work you got there. Right. That's a good line work. That's a, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I bet you can, you can catch me on this, whatever. But right now, nah, bro. Nah, I'm sorry. Not today. Maybe so, some other time. I want to end today's show. That was really good. I mean, that was really good. But, you know, we're talking about our present. I posted a video on your Black Power page. I'm actually going to send it to the top of the video. This is a young black girl who said everything that everybody wanted to say to the president. And... And couldn't say. Or we wouldn't get the chance. <laughs> so we ain't got no chill. I, I mean, literally told him, you're a disgrace to the world. <laughs> why she, why he tried to hug her. Yeah, like, nah. The greatest I moment. Hit it with that. that uh... Right. The greatest the greatest moment. So if you haven't seen this, pin to the top of the Black Island Facebook page. Like, he really tried to and, and she said, you're a disgrace to the world. And uh, she put her cell phone on her. She put her like a cop trying to run the black person. Like, nah, <laughs> I got to film. And everybody says, I hope the universe blesses the But, man, we want to thank Tasha. We want to thank Malik. We want to thank Karanza. We want to thank Pastor Payton and all every week. We're calling in to your black side. We just ran about it. And especially want to thank all you listeners out there who who give us the, the drive to continue doing what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Y'all, y'all, y'all dope. Y'all dope. Y'all dope. This has been your black is out. Your black is out on the net. I'm KP. I'm Mr. Brown. See you next Tuesday. Peace.